Welcome to another episode of My Hope is Built On with your hosts, David and Dan Ziegler, a show about real people with real stories answering the question, what is your hope built on? May this week's episode bring you some hope. Well, welcome back again to another episode of My Hope is Built On, and we have another amazing guest that we are just so excited to have with us today. Um, he goes by the name The Medic Todd, and uh, and so we're excited to hear uh, Todd's story. Todd reached out to us, and uh, you know we got a chance to chat with him a little bit, and there's some amazing things uh, that we're going to hear today that uh, Todd has to share with us. But before we get started, I, you know, uh, Todd, first of all, thank you for being here today and welcome to the show. Uh, but uh, why don't you go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about yourself, who you are and uh, what you do, and then we'll get started. All right. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks again for having me. I really appreciate uh, taking the time to let me on your podcast and do a little, you know, session, talk back and forth. But uh, my name is Todd Spence. I've been in emergency medical services for over 20 years. And 15 of those years, I've been a paramedic in the state of Tennessee. We worked for, well, I worked for a very busy ALS ambulance service in which we see, you know, five million visitors a year, especially here in East Tennessee. Uh, in that time, for the past 10 years, I've been a tactical medic on our Sheriff's Department SORT team, which is our special operations response team. Wow. And whenever I'm not doing that, I hang out with my kiddos to be a dad as best I can. I'm an educator as well. And then currently I serve the role as a 911 director of Sevier County. So, hmm. wow. So you basically are keeping yourself very, very busy. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't like to be bored. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Well, you know, Todd, the, the show's about hope. And so the, the big question the other day is, you know, number one is when you think of hope, what do you think? What? How do you define that? And then number two is, really, what is your hope built on? It's uh, a great question. First and foremost, hope to me is to basically leave each day. So I hope tomorrow I'm better than I was today. Um, I want to make myself better. I want to push myself. I want to learn from my mistakes. I want to you know, be a better father to learn to be a better husband, you know, be a better medic, you know, we learn every single day. And my hope is very faith based, you know, we are in the the Bible belt. And, <laughs> um, you know, we have a church every, you know, 100 yards just about so yeah. you know, very big in faith, uh, especially in my line of work for the past 20 years. Uh, you know, I've seen the hand of God and the hand of the devil. I really have. I've seen things that I can't explain. Uh, I've seen miracles that I can only, you know, give the grace to God because it shouldn't have went anywhere else. You know, there's no other rhyme or reason why something might have happened that way. So we definitely see that. Um. My hope is built on, of course, religion, um, my faith in God um, and the passion that I have to serve and the passion I have to serve the community and doing helping people as far as a paramedic goes. Hmm. Um, there is a fantastic uh, Clint Emerson 
who has a couple of different books out there, a great author. He has a basically thing that says hope is not a plan and mm-hmm. it isn't, but it's one part of it. So with hope to make yourself better, to learn and grow from your mistakes and have goals. That's what hope is for me. Wow. That's awesome. pretty good. I, I, I like that, uh, d- that definition. I think that's a good one. Um, you know, you, you mentioned something not already in the show, and, and it was something that intrigued me too, even when, in our earlier conversations, which is you, you've been able to see the hand of God and you've seen the hand of the devil. Yeah, uh, for a lot of people in the audience, you know, well, well we can assume what uh, an act of God might look like because it's something that was so catastrophic that in, anybody that walked away from that situation or circumstance, it was like an impossibility. But what do you, when you think of a hand, something that was done by the hand of the devil, what is it that you, you uh, would say that looks like? Uh, the biggest case in point is I have seen the worst one, I guess, was the 2016 wildfires that we had in Gatlinburg. We had over, uh, you know, we, unfortunately, we lost 14 people. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, you know, we did lose that many people, but it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot more because where the fire started was at the national park that went down into a two, I'm sorry, into a four lane road into Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And we had millions and upon millions of structural damage and fires and everything like that. We had 300 active fires in seven hours. Wow. Okay. Wow. A lot of your metropolitan fire departments don't see 300 fires a year, you know, and uh, luckily uh, no one was, no firefighters were really severely injured. Um, But I will tell you as boots on the ground, I was on the ambulance that night Mm -hmm. and we were in places that we never have should have been. I will attest to that wholeheartedly. Um, our ambulance was black from the soot. Our uh, paint and our lettering was bubbling up. Um, you know, we were going into homes to get people out that were waiting to the absolute very last moment to get out. Yeah. Uh, hoping that everything would kind of, um, you know, go about and hopefully directional and everything like that. Uh, according to the National Weather Service, at one point in time, it was like 128 degrees in the middle of downtown. Uh, yeah. We had 96 miles an hour um, winds and we live in a valley. We live in a mountain range. So it just whips through there. Yeah. Uh, whenever I see the devil was literally everywhere that night, you know, Mm -hmm. as soon as you thought you had one fire taken care of five more sparted around you, uh, homes, residents, businesses collapsing down, people entrapped, people engulfed. So I definitely seen that side of it. And then the other thing is that I've seen and taken care of people looking in their eyes taking care of them, you can just sense the pure evil. Mm. Okay? And, you know, there's all kinds of different calls that ring in my mind and stuff like that, but it's just, you know, you can tell, but just by looking at some people sometimes and just by talking to them that, you know, you are looking at just absolute pure evil. Mm. So, 
That's incredible. Can you, um, you know, again, I could only imagine that you've had some pretty amazing experiences, you know, that have, are probably lending itself well to a great book someday, right? But, uh, <laughs> but uh, one of the things that uh, I was thinking of, uh, you were saying you've seen some miracles. Is there a miracle you could share with us that you, just stands out to you and maybe in, in what you've done? Uh, yes, sir. There was a little four-year-old girl and uh, her nickname was Mojo. Mm -hmm. And her family had come in from different parts of Georgia and Alabama to come up to do a huge family reunion. And they were staying at one of our local resorts and um, a big place. I mean, you know, huge place, huge pools and stuff like that. And we got the call for a submerged toddler and mm. she had drowned wow. we got to her in three minutes um a the scene was chaotic at best um family members running around and um you know just losing their mind which absolutely we all would as fathers and stuff like that it, there's no doubt about that mm -hmm. so we responded with the fire department and like i said we got there immediately and we have what they call a, a mayday situation, or we, we address over the radio and we give a code. And what that code means is send the fire department, send the police department, you know, we're in distress, we're in danger. Hmm. Uh, a person had pulled Mojo from the, from the pool, set her up. She was lifeless. She was not breathing. She didn't have a pulse, everything. So wow. my partner started CPR, um, started doing chest compressions. I intubated her, uh, laying on the pool floor. And as I'm doing that, family members are walking on me. You know, I'm 6'4", 325, bald and good looking, and they are absolutely <laughs> just walking all over me. And we finally, we get her in the back of an ambulance. We stabilize her. We start an IO. We get her intubated. I got her intubated before we even left the floor. And she was full. I mean, she was full of water and everything like that. And all of a sudden, as soon as we get her into the ambulance and as soon as those doors close, I got a pulse back. Wow. Wow. And uh, we immediately called for uh, air support and air support come in, landed at theater, took her in and took her to East Tennessee Children's Hospital in Knoxville. Drive time going as hard as I can go in that ambulance. It takes me about 40 minutes to get to East Tennessee Children's Hospital. Mm. It, it takes them about nine minutes. So one of the one of the walls that we run into a lot of times is we treat the patient, we take care of them, and we don't hear a lot of outcome. Yeah. Um, and it, um, it was one of those things where I actually heard about this outcome because they called me back from Children's. So, you know, here it is. It was probably around six or seven in the afternoon when this happened. So I get a call about 11 o'clock that night from Children's Hospital from a nurse that I've dealt with numerous times. And she's like, she's fine. She's made it. She's in pediatric ICU and the family wants to see you. And I'm oh. like, OK, <laughs> I said, uh, I'm still on the ambulance. I can't do anything today, um, but, you know, I will definitely I'll come and see them as soon as I can. Um, she made an absolute full recovery. There, wow. we, there was some concern about lack of oxygen to the brain. If there was going to be any kind of uh, brain damage or anything like that, there was none whatsoever. 
and I attributed that to miracle, right time, right place. Um, you know, everything worked, everything went together, everybody worked together as a team, and we got this little girl back. Wow. Um, I got, I went up to my my partner a couple of days later. Uh, we actually went up there to see her. And the family was there and we got to meet all of them and, you know, got to meet her and stuff like that. And as soon as I walked in the door, she said, I remember you. And, you know, she didn't know me from anyone, but she's like, yeah. yes, I remember you. So that was a few years ago, but she's alive and well and doing great. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, I love I love hearing those stories. Obviously, those are the best. I think we all do. You, you know, um, one of the things that, and again, Thank you for your work as a first responder, honestly. I mean, I yeah, think, you. you know, it, when we talk about the subject of hope, I mean, even first responders bring hope to people when they see them, right? Absolutely. Because it's like, wow, you know, it's kind of like somebody's arrived. And when you arrive on the scene, it's it brings a sense of relief and a sense of hope because you're there now to help help the situation, you know? And it helps alleviates some of that pressure in that moment because you're there. Sure, there's still frantic. Sure, there's still, but there's just something about a first responder when they show up to the situation that really kind of changes the dynamics. And part of it is you guys have been trained to really show up and be calm in those situations, right? I mean, that's, you know, and so it's to really bring everybody a level of peace in those moments. Um, is as difficult as it may seem right right and you know we i've always i've always told everyone and we always get a bunch of uh students and stuff like that and i've always told them that you know they don't call us to just see what we're doing you know this yeah. is the people's worst day and you have to give them assurance and you have to walk in that room being confident in the ability that you have to take care of their loved one Mm -hmm. I said, you know, don't walk in the door being cocky because they're going to see right through it. You want to be confident in your ability and know what you're doing and talk to these folks and tell them exactly what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I strive to every time that I put my foot on the ground or I stepped out of that ambulance that I wanted them to say, okay, hey, Todd's here now. You're you're okay. You're going to be taken care of. So that's what I always strive to be. Yeah. So. That's good. No, that's really good. Todd, I just had a curiosity. Uh, what made you go in this direction? Uh, it was happenstance. It really was. It was, um, I was actually going into law enforcement. I had everything lined up. I was getting ready to make the plunge. And um, all of a sudden, I was with the local volunteer rescue squad. And I um, my captain come to me and he said, Hey, we have a spot in EMT school and we're going to pay for it. And do you want to go? And I was just going to use it as, you know, an extra tool for the toolkit, if you will, on yeah. the crew. Yeah. And I was like, well, it'd be something to have. So as soon as I got into it, boom, I was hooked. Hmm. So I was hooked. And then uh, immediately after I got out of EMT school, I worked at the ICU for a little bit and started with our, my local ambulance service. A couple of years later, I went to paramedic school and I was there ever since. Wow. wow. That's really good. 
That's really good. Do you know, um, I was thinking as you're talking, you know, um, I do some teaching around the subject of servanthood and there's something about a servant heart that you have to have. And, and, um, do you know, do, have you always genuinely just really had that heart, a servant heart, or what, did it kind of grow when you stepped into the role? No, I always wanted to help people. Okay. Um, and you know, I can, always, I can remember all the way back to, you know, joining the Cub Scouts, you know, just wanting yeah. to, to help people. And it just kind of grew from there and kept on going. Um, still, still had the passion I did the first day I started, you know, yeah. love helping people, love taking care of people. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I did have a question. I, you know, like in those, <clears throat> I mean, yes, this whole podcast based around hope. And so I did have a question as far as when you go, when you get calls, and you you're on your way to them you say you said you have a, a faith background is there is there like a prayer that goes on that you have beforehand what is something you kind of do to get yourself kind of ready <laughs> for whatever situation that comes every affectionately if you can kind of they always call me batman because i carry <laughs> a bunch of stuff with me all the time that's just what i and i still do to this day yeah. Um, my wife can attest that she's like, Hey, you know, we've got a bag for every single situation that I can come <laughs> into. And ever since I can remember, I've always carried some form of cross with me. And um, I would be lying to you if I told you that I didn't get nervous on calls. I do. <laughs> As you're responding to the call, you know, you're doing a checklist in your head. And then I always said a silent prayer to, you know, you know, help me, give me the guidance, give me the ability to help this person. Because I'll be honest, you know, we didn't really know what we get into yeah. until we got there. Yeah, sure. um, whenever we do big missions with the sheriff's department, we do a prayer together with everyone. And, uh, you know, you hold your brother's hand and as you're getting ready to go into um, really danger that you know you're going into, and, you know, my favorite Bible verse is Ephesians 6, 11, you know, put on the full armor of God. So you may take the stand against the devil and his evil schemes. Mm -hmm. And uh, we use that a lot. And because we never really knew what we run into. And in the ambulance, you know, you would have folks that would say, you know, pray with me, pray for me. And, I, you know, we'd say always. Sure. We didn't ever push the fact because. You know, some people liked it. Some people did not. But, you know, I never turned down any patient that said, pray for me. Hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that would be exciting to actually have that happen. You know, the one thing a lot of people don't understand, too, uh, kind of going back earlier in the conversation when we were talking about miracles and, and talking about the hand of God and seeing the hand of God. One of the things I firmly believe is obviously that people are created by God. And as a result of that creation, you are endowed with gifts and abilities that only could have been given to you from God. And so, and you've enhanced those abilities, obviously, as you've learned and you've grown and you've developed, but more importantly, you're using those t talents now um, as, as an active participant in what God is doing. And so when those miraculous things happen, 
I do believe that doctors are part of that miraculous thing. And I do believe that first responders are provided that miraculous work, you know, and that's, and again, because, and I think ultimately that God is in control and sees all that situation. And so when you guys show up, you're a part of facilitating that the miraculous, if you will, when, the, when, when it turns positive. So I just, you know, I, I just want you to recognize, you know, that you're part of a much bigger story and uh, you're just being plugged into it you know yeah yeah and uh we were actually um i was listening to a bible podcast last night and uh from and they said one thing that kind of stuck to me said you know god pursues you hmm. and he wants you to do what you're doing get better maintain don't become complacent and continue to make yourself better yeah yeah availability is the biggest, the big word of the day. You always make yourself available and you'll be used. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, Todd, I'm really appreciative of your time today. I'm so thankful that you actually reached out to us. That was really encouraging. And uh, I know that everybody that's going to be listening to this is going to be blown away by what you had to share with us today. So I'm, I'm really excited. Is there any next adventure for Todd? I mean, I know obviously you're still going to continue to do your job, but are you Looking to make some pivots and some changes and maybe something that people should be paying attention to and looking forward to. Um, we're doing a couple of things. Uh, you know, of course, love, love education and being an educator and getting out there. So, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff with our local churches and our local community to protect themselves. You know, uh, we've had, unfortunately, we've had a couple of active shooter situations mm -hmm. here lately, locally. Mm -hmm. And uh, one broke out at a Walmart of all places, but luckily it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't, it was, it was testosterone that was jacked up with pride. And yeah. uh, that's kind of what happened with that. Uh, another thing is, is that I'm in the process of finishing up a children's book wow, and, that's awesome. and it's called, um, what's a tactical medic? Because whenever we go in and talk to kids and stuff like that, a lot of them don't know what we do. Right. And they're like, well, who do you go with? Or what does, what does actually a search team do or a sort team do or a SWAT team do? And we go in there and we tell them and we bring our gear in and I bring our canines in and, you know, I bring my medical gear in and we show them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that'd be awesome. Actually. I think that's really, really cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. So we're looking forward to that. Well, David, you want to close this out? Yeah, sure. Well, again, Todd, thank you so much for uh, just joining us and again, reaching out to us. It's been great talking to you and hearing from you and uh, we just appreciate you and what you do and, I know there's many others that appreciate you and the service that, that you uh, do as well. So thanks. All right. Well, so as, as always, people stay faithful, stay hopeful until the next one. And uh, look forward to seeing Todd's children's books, uh, everybody. All right. Thanks a lot. Everybody have a good one. Thank you.